Hello and welcome to another episode of Dirty Dishes and today I am going to talk about something very heavy, very serious, something that I just went through in the last few weeks and I want to talk about this and I've tried to decide how to talk about this and if I should talk about it. Is it too personal? Um, but I think it's necessary if I can reach one person through this experience that I've had. I. I think it's crucial to do that. So, um, I'm going to give a warning up front. I am not a psychologist. I am not a doctor. I am not a nurse. Um, I am speaking from the heart as a parent in this situation. I am speaking because I feel that it's necessary to share my point of view and my perspective on this. By no means do I, um, you know, have expertise in this field? And if you are triggered by anything regarding someone um, trying to attempt to take their own life, I suggest that maybe you click off if that's a little bit too much for you because today is going to be a heavy episode. So in the past few weeks, um, I have dealt with a lot of different things and I have dealt with a lot of different emotions. I will say that my point of view on life um, going forward has changed. Um, I'm not going to say I'm a brand new person. I'm not going to say, you know, this is like a New Year's resolution type situation where, you know, I <laughs> say everything's changed now. My life will never go back to being the same. Um, because my life will ultimately go back to its normal ebbs and flows after some healing. Um, so I don't want to make it sound like, oh, she's got a new perspective. Um, because we do get new perspectives and it does change our point of view for some things. But our life does kind of shift back to the way it was with a few changes salt that are salt and peppered in there. Um, but not always. So... A couple weeks ago, I got a call. Um, well, actually not. I didn't get the call myself. My husband and I got a call that our, his daughter, my stepdaughter, tried to commit suicide over at her mother's house. Um, it is one of the most terrifying phone calls that I can remember. Um, in my, in my whole span of life. Um, it's something that um, you hear about, you read about, and I think as parents, sometimes we think, not my child, I'm too vigilant, they open up to me, I know that, I know everything is going on in their world, um, they're, they're fine. Here, here's the thing, my stepdaughter is a straight A student, um, for, um, all aspects she seems pretty normal regular teenager so having this happen to a child that has a stable home life I think that needs to be said because I think sometimes people can have the um, I guess audacity 
to say that it's the parenting. It starts at home. Well, you're damn right. It does start at home, but there is so much more pressure out there with kids having phones. With the ability of kids to contact each other at any waking hour, if they are allowed to have their phones in their rooms or if they sneak out and get their phone, whatever the situation is. So I want people to understand that the world that we grew up in without the cell phones, we grew up in a time period, at least for myself and and probably the other people listening where we had a landline, then we progressed to caller ID, then we had star 69, and then, you know, there was also voicemails and, you know, it, it progressed a little bit differently for all of us. You know, if we had to have a conversation, we had to have it usually in the center of the house where the phone was located, that being the kitchen or the living room area. And once we hung up the phone, we were done for the night. If you recall, if a friend called after 8, 30, 9 o'clock, your parents were probably going to be like, nope, it's too late. You don't need to be taking that phone call. It's kind of how I grew up. So, um... Growing up with having constant access to each other isn't the greatest thing for teenagers. It's not the greatest thing for kids in general. That's my point of view. Um, This all started because my daughter's boyfriend's mother texted her from her boyfriend's phone saying that basically, in a nutshell, my stepdaughter was ruining her son's life. They were very harsh words, and I'm not going to repeat those words because that's personal and that's private, but basically to sum it up, the boyfriend's mom was frustrated and irritated. After finding these text messages on my daughter's phone after this happened, we decided that we were going to reach out to the boyfriend's parents, and that's a little tricky and a little scary in this day and age because you don't know how people are going to react. You hear the horror stories. You hear, um, you know, people going into people, coming up to people and saying, ah, you said this about my child. How dare you? Um, so you hear horror stories. And in this instance, we didn't know what to do, but we felt like it needed to be addressed. So we did address it with the parents and we did find out the mother's point of view. So the mother was very upset um, with her son at that point. He had been sexting other girls, not my daughter. Thank the Lord. Um, she had the spine to say, I'm not doing that with you. So um, teach your daughters, teach your children no sexting. It may happen, but do not send videos, do not send pictures because that stuff's out there forever. Um, which I know is a hard sell because we've all been in the dating world with somebody that's like, let me see your boobs. Let me see your ass. Let me, you know, we've all been there. So, um, this parent was her, his mother was very upset and I understood why. Her son, we came to find out. Sorry, I had to take a pause there. I started coughing and I'm like, well, that's not appropriate. I'm not going to cough during this um, heavy episode. So 
we found out that her son has a lot of problems. Um, he has problems with impulsivity control. He has problems with um, making just everyday decisions um, that are healthy for him. And I could go into his background and his history, but again, for privacy reasons, I'm not going to. This is a very troubled young man. He's very nice. He's a very polite kid. Um, I never would have saw this coming. There were no real warning signs. The only thing that I can say is that he would randomly just stop texting my daughter. And so when kids are in constant communication with each other, I've started to notice more and more that if somebody doesn't text back within like two seconds to five minutes, they are freaking out going, WTF, why isn't this person texting me back? Are they ghosting me? Are they just leaving me on read? You know, things of that nature. So I learned a lot in that regard about how badly kids um, want somebody to respond, how much um, pressure they put on each other to respond. And when that person doesn't respond, it becomes a huge, huge deal. So we learned that this young man had a lot of problems and we decided that it was best for them to part ways, that it was best that they didn't talk to each other. Um, sometimes your children will get into relationships or um, friendships that aren't healthy for them. And that's only discovered after some real troubling things occur. Um, we have always had a time limit on our daughter's cell phone, always. By 9 p.m. your phone is down, there is no more phone time. The only time that, that is an exception is when, um, you know, you're talking to a friend in your mid conversation and you want to continue and she has to come ask us or it's the weekend and she wants some more time. Um, I have always been a believer that you should check your kids' phones every once in a while. Um, I don't do it weekly. I don't do it daily. I would say probably two or three times a month I was going through her phone and making sure there was nothing um, that I was concerned about. And some par parents will say that's a violation of privacy and they will say, why would you do that? You're violating so many things. It's their right to privacy. Yes, it is their right to privacy, but I'm also a parent who understands what I did growing up, how much I lied, how lost I was between the ages of 12 to 16, how, um, I used every trick in the book to escape my parents' rules to go behind their back. So it's no different with the cell phone. And cell phones are smart technology. They are called smartphones. So kids can hide things more easily. Um, and, and I think it's important that we know as parents that we understand the technology, that we understand the lingo, we understand what they're saying to each other and what they're talking about. Um, so my husband and I are very aware parents. Um, we, we go to all her band competitions, her band concerts. Um, we have always been supportive as possible. And I will only speak from my side of the house. I will not speak to her mother's side of the house because I feel like that just makes the story that I'm trying to tell and the picture I'm trying to paint more convoluted. Um, so I want people to understand I will not be talking about her mother. 
um, we are not going to go there basically. Um, again, because this is my story and I'm not going to weave details in that I don't feel are necessary. Um, so we're very aware parents. Um, I have talked on here about my stepdaughter having autism. I have talked about her difficulty with expressing emotions. Um, so that's what some of this stemmed from. I will not say how she tried to take her own life because I'm not going to broadcast out their um, ideas for other people. Um, I think, you know, the internet has enough with Google search that, <laughs> you know, you can find anything out there from trying to buy a car to how to embezzle money. Like the, the sky's the limit with the internet anymore. Um, so we are very aware, we are very aware parents. We are very, um, we ask questions, we do family dinners, we have structure, um, because kids with autism like structure. They want to know their next step. They want to know when is dinner? When do I need to have my homework done? You know, what time am I going to take a shower? Things of that nature. My daughter is a very scheduled person. <laughs> she likes her routine. Um, having all these things in place and doing your best to be emotionally supportive parent did not change the outcome. My daughter was feeling very lost at this point in time when this occurred. And I want people to understand that when your child goes through something like this, it is unbelievably emotional. So we had to take her to the ER. We had to get her evaluated. She was there for a day and a half getting evaluated. Then she was moved to a mental health facility. And I just remember thinking, like, I went to the bathroom here in the house and I was in there. And I remember seeing her hairbrush on the bathroom vanity, her green hairbrush. And I remember thinking, wonder if, that's la if that was the last time she touched that hairbrush. Wonder if last week when we had her before all this happened, that was the last time she touched that hairbrush. You feel so many different emotions. There's frustration, there's concern, there's fear. And I just remember thinking, this is unbelievable. This is unimaginable. I remember feeling like I was in somebody else's life, like I was dreaming. And I started to think about all the parents who had children that tried to kill themselves and they succeeded. And then I started to think about all the parents that their kids attempted and they're now, you know, living through this and, and going through that process and going through grief because you are in grief. You're trying to understand the ins and outs of all of this and you're trying to understand where your child's head is at, where their heart is at, where their emotions are. And I always thought of suicide, unfortunately, you know, as a last straw. And 
it's really changed my outlook on that. Some people will even go so far as to say suicide is a selfish act. And while I understand that thinking, having gone through this, it's probably one of the most gut-wrenching decisions a person can make. Whether they're a teenager or whether they're 90 years old, it doesn't matter. It is rock bottom. And if there's something past rock bottom, I would compare it to that. There is so much going on on social media for our young people. There are constant barrages of sexual into windows. <laughs> I can't say that word. Um, sexual content. I'll say that. Um, there's a lot of sexual content. There's a lot of being able to Google porn for free whenever. Um, there's a lot of Snapchat conversation going back and forth. There's a lot of drama way more drama than when I was in school. And I was talking to a friend about that. Um, you know, how different it is and the difficulty there is and that kids are just not ready for phones. And part of me started thinking after sitting in the bathroom, looking at the hairbrush and I just started to think, Oh my God, you know, phones seem so great. Social media seems okay at times, but I have complained on here about social media before. But I couldn't help but think, you know, if my daughter didn't have her phone past 10 p.m., would this have been different? Could I have stopped this? And while I want to sit there and tell you, yes, I could have, I can't say that with absolute certainty. I cannot tell you that my daughter wouldn't have tried at some point. And I've learned that there are so many different emotions attached to a teenager or a person's cell phone. And I think at times we don't know how to let go of our phones. And I think that's true of a lot of people. And it just really made me stop and think, how invested do I want to be in social media? How, how much do I want to put stock into what social media tells me? And I think sometimes as teenagers too, they put their self-worth into the hands of their friends, their boyfriend, girlfriends, significant others. And it can do a lot of damage and they're so young and they're trying to process all these emotions. And I had to really stop and sit and think like a 14 year old. I remember vaguely what it was like to be 14 years old and you're immature to an extent, but you're trying to mature. You're in this in between phase of your life. Um, you know, you're ready to move on with um, you know, going into high school, leaving the eighth grade, changing all these things. And so I just had to sit there and be still with my thoughts. And I think that's one of the most powerful things I have ever done in this situation was sit there and think about my kid.
and what it took for her to do that and how low she had to have been. And <clears throat> trying to imagine that. That you've only been on the earth for 14 years and all you want to do is check out. And I want parents to understand that your kids need a support system. They need you. Of course, there are going to be times that they tell you to go to hell, get away from me, I hate you. But I'm telling you, I'd rather have my child tell me she hates me a million times than have to look at a million different things left behind, left unsaid, left undone because she chose to leave this earth. I feel sometimes that there's this disconnect between parents and their kids because of cell phones. I feel like it's become a way to distract ourselves from what's really going on. And if you see your child struggling, ask questions. Follow up. Get them into therapy if they need it. Have them talk to their doctor or nurse practitioner. I feel like society has gone back a little bit backwards with parenting and have let kids kind of do whatever they want to an extent because we don't want to hinder them. We don't want to traumatize them. But they need our support. They need to know that we are with them every step of the way. That even if they make a mistake, even if they feel like the world's going to swallow them whole, that we will still catch them if they fall. They need that reassurance from us. And giving that reassurance and putting those rules in place and saying whatever rule you want to say, you know, and making sure that your child's well-being is of the utmost importance. Because at the end of the day, your job cannot compete with your kids. Um, that boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other that distracts you from taking care of your children. I'm telling you, pay attention. I'm telling you, be aware. You can't always prevent the bad from happening to your children. But how bad would you feel if something happened to your child and you realized that they needed a little bit more support? That they needed a little bit more hugs? A little bit more love? They needed a little bit more understanding? They needed you to go to those parent-teacher conferences? They needed you to go see their baseball game or their after-school activity or their art show. These things are important. And we can no longer value our jobs or other distractions above our kids. 
And that was something that was really important that I took away from this experience as well, is how distracted we can become by our jobs, or we think handing them the new bike or scooter or tablet or phone or always handing them something to distract them from having that emotional connection. We need to have an emotional connection to our children. They need us to help them through these stages in life. And when you stop and you think about that and you think, have I been supportive enough? Have I been doing enough? No one, I pray that no one experiences this because it is by far the heaviest I have ever felt. It has made me call so many things into question um, about myself, about who I am as a person, about what I want to leave on this earth as far as parenting, about how I love my child, about how I can help my child. And some people will say, well, it's not your child, it's your stepchild. But in my mind, she is my child. She has been a part of my life for multiple years now. I have helped raise her. She is my child. I have never felt so disconnected from my job as when this happened. I have never felt so disconnected from life in general because I could not believe what was going on around me. And I'm going to do a little series here on this. And this episode will be called The Attempt. But I'm going to dive into this more as each episode progresses and where we're at and how things are moving forward. But I want parents to understand that your kids need you. That they do love you no matter how many times they scream and cry and fight against your love and care. They need you. They need those boundaries. They need security and safety in their lives. They need that everyday interaction versus having a text or a pic sent to them. They need to know that you care about them and that you're going to be there for them no matter what happens in this life. So that's where I'm going to stop the episode today. Your kids need you. Please hug them. Please love them. Please give whatever your actions of love are. Please do it. Please, 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 please is all I can keep saying about this. But like I said, there's going to be a series of podcast episodes on this. And um, I appreciate you all listening. And I hope that you understand where I'm coming from and what our kids need from us. They need our time. They need our love. They need our attention. 